Praise the Lord. Amen. It is good to be back. Be directing your attention to the whole book of Job. You was here last Wednesday. You would just break in the ice. Uh, I do want to say that it's uh, it is a high honor to be uh, here with you. I don't believe it's my happenstance that we're together today. And uh, uh, as a as a minister, God shows you in prayer and study what He wants to do, but even himself, when he comes amongst you, he says, I come amongst my people. I want to do a great work, but I'm limited. It's not verbatim, but I'm limited by their unbelief. They just don't have the faith. They don't want to, they don't know how to step out. So to, tonight, I'm, uh, I'm wanting to set the stage since I will be back Sunday. Hopefully somebody will get some understanding of God's ways. God has his ways. He said there's things that you'll never understand until that sweet by and by. And it that complicates things a lot of times when it comes to the, the work of God. Uh, before I get into the word, I'm going to be starting with John 10 and 10. So John 10 and 10. I give honor to the ministerial team. Uh, for the work that they, the sacrifice that they do to make it easier for us to access the kingdom. Give high honor to your pastor and uh, the first lady. And uh, if there's a second lady around, give honor to her also. Amen. All the ministerial team, I give honor to them. Uh, John 10 and 10. Anybody have needs in the house? Financial, physical, spiritual, psychological. Amen. I have found uh, in my travels that more than a spirit of possession, the enemy is operating in a spirit of oppression. And that's where he influences your mind, makes you not be proactive but reactive and uh, that becomes very complicated to get things from God so hopefully tonight will help someone I was I could preach a message that you'd bite the pew and hang from these little lights uh, but that's not what we need we need to hear the Bible says that it's through the foolishness of preaching that we receive salvation we understand correction and the operation John 10 and 10 the thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy but I come that they might somebody say might that means that you can access it but it, it's up to you might have life and have it more abundantly uh, quickly going to John 14 and 12 verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father, again, may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything, anything, no limits, in my name, 
I will do it. Come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to take from that reach for just a little bit to someone on this subject, the God of more, the God of more. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you for these precious people that are able to be here and those that are not able to be, that are watching. I pray, God, that you will move on their minds. Whatever you want them to receive, Lord, I pray that I'll be a vessel that's, that's obedient to your word, asking you, God, to quicken my mind, anoint my spirit. In Jesus' name, we give you all glory, honor, and praise for what you're about to do in this place. Amen. The God of more, abundantly, Defined is sense of beyond, super abundant in uh, quantity or superior in quality. By implication, it, it means excessive, exceeding, abundantly above, more abundantly, advantage. I like that. Uh, exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, beyond measure, more. I've come to share a, a, a simple thought with you. Uh, today and I pray it helps someone to have better understanding concerning God and his ways. You see, he, he, he lets us know in Isaiah 55, he says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, proceeding, producing seed for the farmer and bread uh, for the, the hungry. It's amazing what God's capable of doing. It is in the same, he says, with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I will send it. He says, you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song. The trees in the field, they will clap their hands. I need you to just follow me for just a few moments. Uh, you see, his ways are beyond our, our thinking. We've, we've already established that in Scripture. Words cannot explain it. And I Every one of us could take you to a place if you have a personal relationship with God where you have a between a Job moment, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, to, a, 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 to what Jesus was uh, performing. In the middle of my though he slay me, yet will I trust him moment seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, uh, we find peace uh, that passes our understanding. It can pass an addiction, an affliction. It, I, I can't explain it all, but this one thing uh, I'm starting to understand is God is not into making me suffer through sacrifice of living and giving to stroke his ego. See, we get this mixed up because uh, there's so many offerings and there's so many... And, and, we, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And don't get scared. I'm not going to take up an offering. <laughs> but it's true. The love of money is the root. Money's what gets you whoppers. <laughs> McRibs. 
slow food, fast food. Amen. We, we, we understand that money has power. There's power in money. I like money. Hopefully I don't love it, but I like it because it lets you get ice cream. That's right, McRibs. And I, somebody just posted, they're coming back. The Lord is my shepherd, knows what I want. <laughs> Hear me. God has not required of us because he is greedy and wants more stuff. God is not a holy hoarder. I submit to you today that every law and every sacrifice required of you and me from God is not for God to have more. We have to understand this because we can get this thing so twisted that we miss it. We miss the moment. We miss the purpose. Amen. It is so that it's not that he wants more. It is so God can give me more. Amen. I'm going to show you in Scripture. I ask you this. Would a greedy God go to Calvary for you? And would a greedy God be mocked and spit upon, flogged with a leather whip that, is, that has bits of bones and metal tearing at his flesh? Would a greedy God allow them to press a crown of thorns into his brow, carry a cross to Calvary, allowed nails to be driven in his hands and his feet. Would a greedy God cry, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing right now. They don't understand what the sacrifice is for and why I am sacrificing, being the ultimate sacrifice so that they could have life. Giving my life so that you could have life. That was the whole purpose of Jesus, of God robing himself in flesh and dwelt, dwelling amongst us, being tempted in all manner. There's not anything that you're going through that he did not have the opportunity to go through. But he was without sin, but became sin. I submit to you, no, he's not a greedy God. The reason he suffered, bled, and died was because through sacrifice and praise was he able to allow more to have life and have it abundantly. <laughs> not for himself, but for me. I've heard people bash God because of his laws and sacrifices and requirements of us to the point that a, a, an educated uh, generation, they say, show me this God that's able to do this stuff. And this is the danger of uh, creating a culture where the music moves people. Not moves God, but moves people. And it makes you want to. I want you to think about it. Oh, that's my song. I, I go to camps, and I'll, I'll be there, and, the, you know, the new generation, they're singing songs, and the old generation's looking, going, this. 
They don't get it. They don't have a clue. And then, you know, because they're singing these new songs and that it doesn't do anything for them, but then they, somebody will get up and just be like, what a mighty God we serve. And here comes the old generation. Oh, yeah. They start doing the huck like the song is for them. You see, and I probably already said this last time, but maybe not. But I'm 50, so you'll hear me repeat myself. I won't even give you scripture at times. I'll give you books, but not scripture. <laughs> but we're at a place that we get... The culture that we've created, even this altar, is a place of condemnation. Whenever we say, hey, come to the altar, it's like, not me. I don't, want people, I don't want people thinking I'm bad. You know, it's to the point, if you're going to an altar, like, I'm, I'm a rank sinner. I'm terrible. Look at me. Oh, my God. And it's just the altar of salvation. And not operation. You understand that everything that has happened until I received the mic and I started reading from the word was unto God. That's your sec that's your opportunity to get out of what we call the outer courts and get in at least to a holy place where you can feel his presence and you can feel that hey, he's listening. And that outer courts is a place of nothing but sacrifice and self-evaluation. That's why when the, when the, the, the priest would wash his hands in the lever. He, he would get down there, and, and, and they said it was, it was so polished that all he could see was his own reflection. He didn't see what everybody else was doing. That's all. He was just looking, you know, at himself in the mirror. You know, there was that great... Uh, songwriter that wrote that song. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Ah, I'm asking. It was before Christ. Don't be judging me. Why do you know the new song? That's what I want to know. Gotcha. But he's saying, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. We want church to change to our ways. You know, we, we, we want it to adjust, but what we're doing is we're robbing ourselves of God's presence, God's blessings. Amen. I've heard people bash because of his laws and sacrifice requirements of us. Uh, and again, every Old Testament sacrifice was not for God to get more. It is perceived by some that God loves to kill for his entertainment, for his own enjoyment. What kind of God would require so much from me? And at times it seems as though it's more than I can bear because it makes me become humble. You ever had somebody grab your arm and put it behind your back and say, won't do it until you start hearing bones crack like, uncle! I've had that happen before. Yeah, your ear, or, you know, 
you know, grab you and hit, who's your daddy? <laughs> Here we go. Psalms 40 and verse 4. Psalms 40 and 4. This blew me away when I read this. It says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done. This is David speaking. And thy thoughts which are to usward. He's thinking about us. <laughs> they cannot be reckoned up in order into thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Here it is. Sacrifice and offering. Sacrifice and offering thou did not desire. You understand what he's saying? David gets to a place, and he shows you here, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. This wasn't the way that he wanted to do it. Then David says, My ears hast thou opened. Burn offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Go to the next one. Then said I, Lo, I come with the volume of the book it is written of me. Go ahead. I here it is. I delight to do thy will. O oh God, yea, thy law is within my understand what that's saying well let me show you whenever they say you know you can praise God you know they'll they'll be up there and they're like a little cheerleader give me a J give me an E and the people have you ever tried to perform in front of people and they're looking you want to throw punch somebody or you're thinking do I sound this bad oh my goodness Help me lift him up. Help me lift him up. Help me, help me. Help me lift him up. Please, somebody help me. Clap your hands, stomp your feet. And because they aren't singing our song, how many blessings do we miss out on? How many times do we miss out on a healing? Because we're measuring it to the man or the woman and not to the master. Every praise, every sacrifice that I do, I don't, you can say it if you want to, but for me to get something from God, I've got to praise him. When my friends don't praise him, I've got to worship. If I want to get more from God, it's predicated upon my praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. Not their problems. Well, I can't praise him. I got problems. Well, get in line. So does everybody else. It's like in Chicago, people come up. I, I, I got it figured out now. They're like, man, you got $50? Like, I was fixing to ask you the same thing, bro. Brothers are broke these days. So broke, I can't pay attention. It wasn't God's will. 
and way to require sacrifice. Let me show you something. Hey, Abram, take thy son, thine only son, Isaac, the one you love, and offer him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee. You've got to grab a hold of this for a moment. It took Abram how many years to get this one son? She's 92 or something like that. He's 99. They're up there in age. Let's just say she's got, somebody else is going to have to carry the baby. but I ain't got no lips. <laughs> 92, could you imagine having a baby at 92? <laughs> but then God gives them a miracle. They finally, what they've been praying for for so many years, God provides. And then he says, now kill him. You know, you got some things that you would give to God. Like, you know, they say, you, you, you bring sacrifice to God. You give God. He, he requires our, 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 our first fruits, uh, non-polluted sacrifice. You know, when you're doing your bills, you're like, you, you know, we're going to, here's Starbucks money. Here's White Castle. Uh, oh, yeah, fish fry on Friday money. And this is a venti Starbucks day. Man, by the time you get to God, it's like, oh, I'll get you on the rebound. Amen. I, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. This is what he tells. See, there's things that we would give, even in the script says, why are you trying to give God polluted stuff? You're trying to give God stuff you wouldn't even give the Illinois governor. I, you guys love your governor, but. You're trying to give him stuff that's just garbage. You know, you're giving him your leftovers. And I don't like leftovers. Stuff that's not acceptable to God. See, God has ways. He's got tipping points. There's a certain thing. It's not predicated upon emotion. It's predicated upon obedience, submission, and uni unity. Where two or three are gathered together. Hey, we want God to move in this place. All I need is somebody else to attach to it. I don't need everybody in the house, but I am required to get somebody willing to sacrifice and say, Lord, we're going to lift you up even though we're in a pandemic. We're not going to spiritually distance in the time of social distance. We want to draw closer to you. We're going to give you more sacrifice. Why do you think when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back, he had the power we love it whenever we say, oh, and David, he goes six steps and he does what? This is a Bible church. Everybody's like, he danced. He did dance after the sacrifice. We like the dance, especially whenever they get that beat going. That little drummer boy you guys got. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Take, the, take what you love and sacrifice. See, it's not a sacrifice. I could sacrifice spinach the rest of my life. But don't, don't take my cheeseburger. We'll, we'll knuckle up in the parking lot. When it's a sacrifice, something that 
It costs you something. Why does God require this? Why did he tell Abram? Abram had another son. He was a bastard child, but he was a son. God says, no, you take the thing you love. Some of us, we got kids like, yeah, I got this one kid. You can have that one, God. (laughs) You ain't getting this one. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I ain't even looking at anybody. Abraham said, I I and the lad, hear me, God requires, he sneaks out from the house, no doubt, this is Jaspiration, you know, because the wife wouldn't understand this kind of ministry. We're going to go kill the... He says, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Don't worry, we're coming back. How do you know you guys? Hear me. This is Jay's duration. How, how do you know? Because he did say this, I and the lad are going to go worship and we will be back. But God is required. God doesn't just say stuff. But he understands God's ways. And he knows that he's a faithful God. Even when the requirement seems to be something that is devastating to you. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's what we call a miracle. Everybody wants double portions. Every church you go to, you say, anybody want a double portion? Oh, yeah. That's why I go to buffets. I say, okay. Everybody raises their hand for a double portion. But God doesn't just add another portion. He took the first portion him with nothing except some sores and a mean wife. Why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you go lay in the road and count mufflers? <laughs> Sorry. That was, <laughs> was inappropriate. But he understood God's ways and Abram took the wood. Hear, hear this. And it laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they came to a place which God had told him of. He's being obedient to God. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him from heaven and said, Abram! Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon thy lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now, here it is. You don't get anything else from this crazy sermon. He says, for now I know that I can trust you. He's he's omnipresent. He's Alpha Omega. He's the beginning and the end. But he puts Abraham through a test and requires a sacrifice that seems just devastating to his future. And God says, because you were willing to sacrifice for me, now I know 
See, we trust God, but does God trust me? Can God trust me with blessings beyond measure? I'm being honest. Well, can God trust me to be a billionaire and still do the work of the Lord? Or would I just be on the beach sipping tea? I don't know that answer because I've never been a billionaire. I'm willing to try. (laughs) You see, I've come to tell someone tonight, stop looking at what you've got. God is testing to see if you can stay faithful with attending the sheep in the pasture before he hands you the keys to his kingdom. See, everybody wants to kill a giant, but nobody has killed a lion or a bear yet. We, 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 wanna, we want the spotlight. We want to, you know, well, God's going to bless me with this. Isn't it amazing that God shows them a land? He says, hey, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. You want to go? Of course we want to go. But he didn't, give, he didn't tell them about the journey. And they get in the middle of it, and they don't understand. And I, I'm, getting, I'm getting into d- too deep right here, but i got to say it. The children of Israel, they literally used, because it was at this pivotal place with Abraham, where Abram changed from Abram to Abraham, and God says, now I know I can trust you. And he takes him. Come here, lad. Yeah, bearded one, come. All right, we got a social distance. Because I don't know. You look, no, I'm joking. This is what he says. You have one. You waited how many years for one? But he says, now that I know I can trust you, look to the stars. You see them? What do they look like? Count them. Stop it. Look, look to the sand of the sea. Count that. Go ahead. Count it. It's beyond measure. How long did you have to wait for just the one? But now that God can trust you, And you're willing to sacrifice. Children of Israel, they're in, they're, 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 they're going on this journey. And they get to a place that God has given them enough provision to get them to the promised land. But they want the promised land in their problems. They want the miracle here. They didn't think they had enough. They desired more. They said, oh. A God that can give us manna? Surely, this is how they say it too. Surely he can give us flesh to eat. And this is what the, 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 you read it in the scriptures. I don't have time because I'm we're running, lo, running low here. But here's what he says. He, they say, surely he can do it. And God is frustrated because he gave them enough to sustain them. But they, were, they wanted the miracle to be in the middle of their mess in a wilderness, in a place that's not sustainable. And so he gets so frustrated. He flies in quail beyond measure. And they're looking at it going, oh my goodness. You ever heard of people, they leave the church and they seem to be blessed beyond measure? Driving that new lac, it's Cadillac. You know, God seems to be blessing them. They got a bankroll of bins. All I got is a bus pass and a bucket. You're like, does God hate me? 
That's what it's perceived. And because God gives them quail beyond measure, they look at it and say, whoa, he's a God of more. And they die in a wilderness. He, lets, he gives them the desires of the heart. They want the blessings more than they want the blesser. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't understand your ways, but you look like you're getting tired. Go ahead. God is testing you to see if you can stay faithful with what you have. But he's not into keeping you with limitation. The Bible says, ask you shall receive, seek you shall find. Knock, it shall be open. Anything you ask in my name. But how do you get his name activated? Peter's looking at it. He gets the keys like, I got the keys. But he couldn't heal an ant on his best day. Because says, you don't understand the ways of God. He's not a God of making, I, I don't understand where people think that if you're in the church, you know, bless God, we've got to struggle all the way till we get there. The more we struggle, the greater he is. He's the king of kings. What are we talking about? What, what, kind of, what kind of sales are we? And we want people to join this? Well, don't worry. When you get over yonder, won't we have a time? No. My wife's going to marry somebody that's going to spend my life insurance money. I'm not going to spend my life insurance money. Some little dude that is a bum will be in my house with my life insurance money. It's like, I love that guy. And I'm dead. And that's the way we try to pitch religion. Well, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? We can have a time here. We can sing and shout and dance about here. This is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I understand the process. It's, a, it's still the same. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. They don't get it because there's not this tabernacle. He says, you are the tabernacle. You are the church now. But you... Every, every piece of furniture that is in there, it's still an outer courts. There's still a holy place, and there's still a holies of holies. And the only way you can get there, by sacrificing properly. That's what it is. That's what God showed me. If you don't get it, then I don't know how to tell it. Our Father, which art, we're in the outer courts. Our Father, which art in heaven, it's praise. Hallowed be thy name. We come to an altar, you know, I'm sick. The doctor only gave me four, four months to live. Like, God don't know. He knows. He wants to know, can you still sacrifice in the middle of your sickness? Will you still give me praise in the middle of a pandemic? Will you still be faithful to me? Because I'm faithful to you. I've never left you nor forsaken you. I've been there until the end. I wonder where your praise is. Where's your passion? We don't have anything to, you've got everything to sacrifice for now. You're in the middle, you've got a lot of sacrificial kindling. 
you got stuff that will be put on the fire. He says, casting all your cares on me because I care for you. Oh, look, we can't even eat all this quail. But you're not going to work. You're not, you're not going where milk and honey is either. I'll make it stink in your it, it, it's The Bible says it stunk in the nostrils of God. I, I'm, I'm telling you, God is about to take the limits. The only way the church is getting to a place, you think about what they, he says in the last days, the church is going to start crying. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Their eyes are on him. We're at a place right now where our eyes are on him physically, financially, and spiritually. We need him for everything. We're no longer a Laodicea church, enriched with goods and have need of nothing. We need God. The very breath that we don't know who we're going by that could be infected. We're at a place right now. The very breath that we breathe can be tainted. We walk by and not by. Let me, let me hurry. I'm almost done. Our sacrifice and praise is not to stroke God's ego. It is, it's because he inhabits our praise. It activates the miraculous in our personal life. It opens the floodgates of heaven. You remember the scripture where God's talking about how he goes to, you know, he went to a place and he wanted to do a great work, but he was limited by the people. Because there wasn't proper sacrifice. There wasn't, there wasn't faith. God cannot move beyond his word. And since the fall of the first Adam, the only way that we had an opportunity was because of through sacrifice. That's how we're able to get more from God. That's how we get the Holy Ghost. It's through repentance. Sacrificing yourself. Putting yourself on the altar. That's exactly, you're giving your worst. You ain't at your best. You're giving him all you got right now when you put yourself on the altar. We were born in sin. You didn't, you didn't inherit, you were just born this way. You were born from the first Adam. You understand that? When you were born, you went, huh? we were all in sin. Until we say, we, I want you to be Lord and Christ in my life. I want you to be. You take on his name through baptism. Have you been baptized? Well, in the name of Jesus? Well, you, I, I'm going to show you something. This is what I'm talking about, sacrifice. You're burying. You're washing away. You're being buried. It's a death, burial, and resurrection. Peter looked at Jesus and said, don't do it that way. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't understand the ways of God. You don't even understand why I'm sacrificing. I have to sacrifice so that they can have life and have it more abundant. If I don't sacrifice, Peter, you won't go to heaven. That's what he's telling him. So he did exactly what he's required of you. He did it physically. We have to do it physically, but we're not, it's not a physical death. It's a spiritual so you, when you do this, see, 
James 4 and 7 says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. You know what submission is? Just like what you just did. You said, man, I don't understand that. Submission, you can't do something that, it won't be submission if you agree with it. For it to be submission, that means I don't, I don't understand it. I, it doesn't make sense to me. But that's what he says. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. On the day of Pentecost, whenever they were sitting there, and the people that crucified Christ, they, they come to the revelation. He says, that same Jesus who you sacrificed, who you crucified, is now both Lord and Christ. He's not just your Savior, but he's your Lord. When, when, when I, I want you to follow. When Abraham, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't require that of him but he was seeing if he could trust him. Abraham was a man that was blessed to this day. His, it's still going. It's like the sea, the stars. It's like the sand of the seas. His generation after generation, it's still going to this day because God blessed it beyond measure. He had a struggle. We're in a struggle right now, but whenever you get baptized in the name of Jesus, this is the whole thing that... You, this is the whole point that I'm getting. We don't understand when we come to church. This is why David, he's shouting and dancing. He says, I'm going to get more vile than this. My praise is going to get more violent than this because I don't ever want to lose the power. Once you, once you have become a new creature in Christ, old things are passed away and all things become new. It's through the Holy Ghost. Here it is. Through the Holy Ghost is when you come on to perfection. The Bible says the humanity side of you will always come up short. You can't give the best because you don't, you don't have anything to give it. He says, I see you in your bloody mess. You've been cast in an open field. They left you. They still have the umbilical cord attached to you. But I've come by, and I'm coming to cut that umbilical cord, and i got one word for you know what living is until you have the, the Holy Ghost in you. you. You don't understand it because you would not understand it properly until you give proper sacrifice. We don't ask for baptism. It, it, it's, it's demeaning. It's an insult to God when we have to beg people to come to an altar. The whole purpose of the altar. Uh, follow me. When Abraham did that that day, angel shows him says you're you're going to have children basically like the stars like the sand of the seed you're going to have them beyond measure and that was like the ultimate thing and it was at this pivotal place the bible says abraham built an altar he says this place is called jehovah Jireh." what he said is this is the place where god provided for me see you can't call him jehovah Jireh until you need provision you can't call him a healer until he healed you. That's why he said, by his stripes we are healed. But until we sacrifice and we have faith in the middle of our trial and our tribulation, not one person here got into the mess that you're in. It's not a generational curse in your Uncle Billy or whoever. It goes all the way back to the first Adam. The enemy wants you to take that and say, well, I, you know, this is just the way our family is. says, well, you don't have to be that way. I made a way for you because I'm the God of more. All right, music can come. We'll act like we're going to. 
I got a whole bunch of, I got to get through it. He's a God of more. I'm closing. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. Here we go. He's been the God of more. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But it wasn't enough. He wanted more. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let the ferment, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters. And let it be divided from the waters. But he wanted more. So God made two great lights. And the great light to rule the day. And the lesser light to rule the night. But he wanted more. He's so he made the stars. He created the great whales and the fish, but he wanted more. He told them to be fruitful. Here it is. Be fruitful. He created them, but he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the fowl multiply in the earth. But he wasn't satisfied. God wanted more. So he created man. He created us in his image. And the image of God created he, him. But he wanted more. So male and female was created so they could make more. Amen. He wanted more. He said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. God, here it is, God desired to have a relationship with Adam. He would come down in the cool of the day and talk with Adam. But he wanted more. So God took up residence in the tabernacle, in the Ark of the Covenant. This is when his power came directly to earth. It housed there. He was known as the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, but wanting more, the God of Israel, the God to the Jews, but a God of more. Limited access due to the first Adam. God raised up a second Adam, robed himself in flesh. Unto us a child was born. Get it? Unto us a child was born. <laughs> and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the God that desires more, took the limitations off and declared. And it was at this place that I told you, the death, burial, and resurrection. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And they gladly received his word. They were glad to receive it and were baptized that same day. And the God of Mord added unto them about 3,000 souls that day, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The God of more took the limitations off. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I want you to put this up. It's Genesis 28. I mean, Genesis 3 and 29. Genesis 3. Start at 28. Genesis 3 and 28. That's 23. 28. That's four. That's four and one. Genesis 3 and 20. Can't find it? Won't come up? Here's what it says. I'm sorry. Galatians. <laughs> I got bifocals. Galatians. I'm like, what in the world? This guy. Galatians 3 and 28. Sorry. Sorry. 
Galatians, there it is. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. Female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Go to the next one. And if you be Christ. Remember I told you about Abraham? When he said, what God took Abraham, he took Abraham and said, count the stars. He says, if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I don't know what that does to you. But a long time ago when he looked at Abraham and said, here's the promise. I'm going to bless you beyond measure. Look, count the stars. That's how much I want to bless you now. I wanted to bless you, but I need to know that I can trust you. The God of more, I don't desire to keep you limited. But there has to be proper sacrifice. It's not built on emotion. If it was built on emotion, that girl, that little teenage girl, when her boo breaks up with her, she runs to an altar. Oh. It's not emotion. That, that's not what God moves on. He's not moved by our problems. He's moved by obedience to his word. See, I'm a very present help in time of need. When you're in need, that's when I can show me. This is what Paul says. I've asked you. Think about it. I'm closing right here. Paul says, I've come to you three times asking you to remove this thorn from my flesh. I prayed about it. What does he tell him? He says, my grace. I've already done enough, Paul. You're just not accessing properly. You're looking at it. You want to be strong. And this is what Paul says. He says, oh, I take pleasure now, basically, in my thorn, in my infirmities, because when I'm weak, he is strong problems when I'm dependent upon him but I'll still sacrifice I take pleasure in it because I know that I am needy God for everything how much is God wanting to do in your life and what I, 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 I want to stop the music for just one moment I ask you, what will it take for us to get to a place that we're going to be like, God, I need you. With what we're going through in today's, I remember in the 80s, people would run to an altar in the middle of a sermon. But now it's like, show me the money. It's everywhere. It's not here. It's just the culture that we've created. And we don't understand that it's always based upon sacrifice. And when, I, when we say sacrifice, everybody, obviously financial, it's anything that you're able to do first fruit. You wake up giving God praise. And we create an atmosphere where it's comfortable to praise, and we still are comfortable praising. Where everybody, the majority is praising, but we still don't feel like we have liberty. You want to know why? Because it takes 
it takes surrendering yourself. See, when you repent, I was telling sis, sister over here, I said, you can get the Holy Ghost next last Wednesday. All you got to do is come up, like, whoa. And that's, that's the response everybody gives, majority. So don't feel like you're abnormal. Because it's like, what? You want me to go in front of everybody? Well, do, if I had a million dollars right here, you'd be like having the wheel of fortune. Like, oh, you want me to come up there? And we don't understand the purpose. The purpose is so you can get more. You're about to get something where you'll never thirst again. That'll be bread when you're hungry and water when you're thirsty. It's shelter in time of storm. It's whatever you're going through. He said, I'll be everything that you have need and more. I mean, how much do I have to go through? To get to a place that, hey, if this is willing. I remember when I was, I'm not going to talk about the stuff I did, but recreational stuff. You'll understand. Somebody says, try this. Man, yeah, I'll try it. But try something that you, you didn't know what, it could have killed you. But because somebody said it's good, you'll try it. I said, try this. Oh, whoa. I heard a preacher preach, you ain't as drunk as you're supposed to be. Because on the day of Pentecost, they got drunk. So we're not as drunk as we're supposed to be. He was like, what in the world? Look at these guys. It's only about the ninth hour. They're, they're tipping back and raising the roof. It was in the Holy Ghost. It ain't drunk like you think it is, but they're drunk on the Holy Ghost. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'll stand. You can go ahead. He's the God of more. He took the limitations off. He says, if you be Christ, and how do you be Christ? On the day of Pentecost, when they heard, they said that same Jesus who you crucified is now both Lord and Christ. They were pricked in their heart and said, what shall we do? And that's when they told him. And they received the word gladly. Do you measure it to the messenger or to the word? It's always to the word. God is compelling. If you're listening right now, I, I, I can't tell you how much God is wanting to do. If you're not able to make it tonight, Sunday's coming. I'll wear a mask the whole time preaching if, it'll, if you'll come to church. I got a mask on me. I almost died from it. I know how serious it is. But I'll tell you this. If I'm going to die, I want to die with my hands lifted and my head raised. I lost my dad to this. But I know where my dad, I know where my dad got it. He got it. Because he would go to church every morning at 8 o'clock and he would he'd be in a prayer meeting. And he got it from one of the guys that was in his prayer meeting. It's like, how could that happen? It's appointed. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's appointed that we're all going to die. It's what we're doing. Whether you die because of a pandemic or you die because Aunt B's driving down the road and comes in your lane. 
we're going to die. But I want to make sure I'm dying with my hands, with the sacrifice unto God. Let it be known. Why do you think the children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whenever they were getting ready to get thrown in the fire, they did get thrown in and said, let it be known. We know that God's able, but if he doesn't, if I don't make it through this, let it be known I didn't stop lifting my hands. I didn't stop sacrificing. We know he's able, but if it's my time, it's my time. But I lift my hands. It's a death, burial, and resurrection. When you repent of your sins, you repent. Your hands aren't... I, 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 I force people's hands down. Because you got to understand, I was telling sis this. When you lift your hands, that's a sign of surrender. You're saying, I give you everything, God. In Chicago, I live in Chicago, and, if, and it don't matter if I'm in the Philippines or if I'm in Chicago. I know what to do. It's universal. If the cops pull their gun, I'm like, whoa. This is a sign of this means I'm not a threat. I can't shoot you with my foot, but I can't. Let me see. That's what the hands. Let me see your hand. And you make sure your hands are up. So when you lift your hands to God, it is a sign of surrender. why you're doing it, not just because everybody says, lift your hands, but when you lift your hands, you ever felt they're so heavy? Because you're waiting, you're releasing things. The enemy knows when you lift your hands to God, you're surrendering to him. So when you repent, you're done asking God to forgive you, which Paul said, I die daily. I ask God to forgive me every day. Whether I'm guilty or not, I'm born in sin. And this flesh is not going to heaven. It's corrupt, but this soul will. When I repent, I, lift, I do the, this very thing. I lift my head as high as I can, and I lift my hands. When you do that, you're saying, here's my addiction. Here's my abuse. Here's those unwarranted attacks that people did on my person. Here's the warranted attacks that I did. These are the things I did. I'm surrendering everything to you. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you everything, God. He kills it when you do that. And then we go into a baptism and we bury it in the water. By lifting your hands, you're surrendering. It's a sacrifice to do it. go down in his name when you go down in the name of Jesus just like he was buried that's symbolic of the blood of Jesus washing over you and it washes your sins away and you come up you're a new creature in Christ and he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you will speak in an unknown language as a spirit gives utterance it's a language that you don't understand. You don't know what. It may just be a few words, but you're going to know something just happened to me. And 
And that's God taking control because if he can control your tongue, he can control every part of your body. You ever said stuff? Like, I'm going to say something. And you say something you shouldn't have said because your tongue's unruly. But he's demonstrated, I control your tongue. I make you speak a language you don't even know. He's a God of more. He's a God of more. The question is, do you want more? Are you satisfied with what you have now? Do you want eternal life? Or do you want God to do blessings here? It's building a relationship with God. He made a way for you to do that right now. I've been in crusades where a thousand people got the Holy Ghost within 30 minutes. Getting the Holy Ghost isn't hard. It's getting understanding what the Holy Ghost is for is what's difficult. Because you feel like, it's just like the brother here said, I can't give God my best. What can I give? That's what he's saying. I take your weakness. I just want to know, are you willing to give me? I can take you whenever I was addicted to all kinds of stuff. I can take you to a place, and that's very heavy. I can take you to a place. My marriage was broken. I was addicted to all kinds of junk. Nobody, I was a liar, a cheater. I said, God, I don't have much to give you. About 30 years ago, I said, but I give you this, what I, it ain't worth much. Nobody else wants it. But if you'll take it, God, I'll give it to you. understand why he accepted it but he did and within a week he called me to preach from that moment and when people in my past heard about it they said Jason a preacher yeah right it's been 30 years I know why I'm here I didn't get here by myself I'm not worthy to be here grace and mercy made a way when there wasn't a way. God says you can have more. God's reaching for somebody this hour right now. You choose. Do you want it? I invite you to an altar of repentance right now. In Jesus' name. This altar's open. You may not you may have the Holy Ghost, but are you operating in the Holy Ghost? Are you bearing the fruit of it? I'm talking to the saints right now. You need to sacrifice more. You need to come to an altar and give God your best praise. Come on, don't just come up here and go through the motions because it's getting late and you want to get home. But God, I, I need you, God. I want you, Lord. I want more, God. I'm not satisfied. I want peace, God. I want to call you wonderful. Jesus, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody cry out to him. Come on, out of obedience, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Come on, 
Jesus. Jesus. Come on. I want you. Oh God, I'm mostly. 